Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District, State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1, Court File Number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Hey, party crashers. Welcome to a special episode of The Uninvited. This is your host, Jerry Jones. However you found us and why ever you decided to find us, though I, I think today we know exactly why you decided to find us, but wh whatever the reason was, I, I, I'm so glad you did. Um, please do us a favor. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss another one of these fine episodes. And should you give us a rating, please consider giving us five stars because, you know, five stars feels like love, four stars feels like the friend zone, and three guilty verdicts feels a lot like justice. Um, at the time of this recording, it is uh, 20 till 5 Central Standard Time, 20 till 6 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and about 30, 35 minutes ago, um, the jury in the Derek Chauvin trial uh, reached uh, a verdict. Three guilty verdicts. Guilty, Derek Chauvin guilty of second degree murder of George Floyd. Derek Chauvin guilty of third degree murder uh, of George Floyd. And Derek Chauvin uh, guilty of second-degree manslaughter. So I, you all can fact-check me on this. I think in total, if he were to get the maximum on uh, each count, he would be looking at 75 years in jail. That's a long time. But it's not about the length of time. Uh I, I got to be honest, um, when the news broke that the jury had reached a verdict, um, I started to feel a pit in my stomach um, because I'm like, man, it's only been 12 hours. And I wanted to tell, I, I was trying to tell myself that, well, this is a good thing. And, and then I started thinking like, no. Typically, that's not a good thing. And, 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 whether, and, and typically, obviously, in cases that involve law enforcement with a civilian, uh, particularly when that civilian is black, uh, the verdict almost never um, goes uh, in, in favor of the, of the civilian. It almost always goes in favor toward the, the law enforcement officer. Um, and so I, 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 I'm just over the moon. And this is, 
I don't even know if this is a pod as much as it is just a reaction to not even not just the verdict, um, but really the past year. You know, this this year, this past 12, 13 months, uh, for for almost all of us have been challenging, especially with COVID. Um for people of color, for uh, people of conscience, um, and there are a lot. There are a lot fewer of us. <laughs> I, I feel like the, the number of, of us who are people of conscience um, is 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 not where it needs to be. But this past year has been, I would say, exponentially more challenging for us than for those who were pissed off that they couldn't go to Dunkin' Donuts or Target or on a cruise. This might be a good time for what it's worth. I'm not an investment advisor. Um, and this is, I'm not offering advice, but man, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that those people, those people who felt like their rights were so infringed upon, they are going to be flocking to um, Royal Royal Caribbean, isn't it? Is that Car a Royal Caribbean cruise and Carnival cruise? I mean, if you've just got extra money sitting around <laughs> and you don't want to, you don't want to get into the crypto market like I've been, that might be a place to go. Again, do your own research. I'm just saying that um, those those people, and you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get back to the point. I, uh, I, uh, I went to, uh, to a local restaurant here in town to do, um, carry out and it happened to be opening. I think it was opening day. No, it wasn't opening day. It was the second game baseball game of the year and, uh, getting food to go and the restaurant was packed and no one was wearing masks. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sure every single person in here has been is two weeks out from their second vaccination right i mean i will say this that i think that the numbers of, of folks being vaccinated have made it easy for people who never wanted to wear masks to be like oh i you know i've been vaccinated twice um but yeah so you know and and i i and for what it's worth uh with all the restrictions being lifted you know it's interesting what we saw <laughs> during this this um this this double pandemic of structural racism and covid is that you saw a lot of people just feeling like their rights were being infringed upon because they couldn't go and do the things that they normally did and now that they've got their freedom what do they go and do they just go start shooting up people they're starting to just shoot up people they're going to fedex they're they're going to schools and i'm like that's what you you've spent a year waiting to do that. You spent a year in reflection and contemplation, and that's the best you can do. So, like I said, there there aren't nearly as many people of conscience as we need. But for people of conscience, this year has been exponentially more difficult than for those who do not have a conscience. Um, and I, I feel like this case. This case could be the beginning 
of of setting a new standard for um, public safety in 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 community. Um, one of my one of my my friends on Facebook, I'd posted something about the the verdict, and one of my friends asked, um, "So how do we how do we begin to kind of rebuild the relationship between community and law enforcement?" And I thought that was a very prof- I feel like it was a very profound question and I spent, I should have spent much longer. I mean, cause in seriousness, that was about maybe 20 minutes ago before I started recording. And actually it was that question that, um, that brought me to the, to the computer to talk about it. So shout out to Janelle, Janelle, thanks for your question. Shout out to you, Brad. Um, and, um, my answer to her was that the first thing that needs to happen is that the community and the and the police department that is that is built and and should be designed to serve that community need to come to an agreement to an understanding as to what the standard is because there could only be one standard right now we have um, we have a police department that has multiple standards. We have, um, and, and I say police department. I'm talking. I'm I'm using I'm using police department, but I'm really talking about the United States of America, right? You 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 pick any city anywhere in the country, and that I guarantee you, that department has multiple standards. There is a standard for how they they treat the dominant culture. And then there's a standard for how they treat those who are not a part of that dominant culture. Most cities, the dominant culture is going to be white. And and in most cities, the the cultures that are not the dominant culture are going to be black, Latinx, indigenous, um, Asian American, Pacific Islander, they're, they're, they're not going to be Caucasian. They're not going to be white. And as a result, you have within one, one police department, you have multiple standards. So the work of community will be to develop a singular standard for how we expect our police department. And I, I, I think it needs to be noted. It is not their department. There is no, there is no such thing as their department. By there, I'm talking about they. I'm talking about the police. I'm talking about the police unions. It's not their department. It's our department. And when I say our, our is inclusive of law enforcement. Ours is inclusive of police unions. There is no us. There is no them is what I'm getting at. It is ours. And so the community, it is up to the community. It is our responsibility. And it, it, it's our singular responsibility. Well, I shouldn't say it's not our singular responsibility. As it relates to setting the standard, only the community can develop the standard. The community develops the standard for 
to the police department in the same way that we developed the standard for our fire department or for our city council or our parks department for or whatever it is, right? It is up to us as taxpayers. It is up to us as the, um, the constituents within that community to set the standard. And so what must first happen is that we have to reconcile the reality that there are currently multiple standards and the community deems that immediately as unnecessary, uh, not, I'm sorry, not unnecessary, unacceptable. So we reject, we, I think the, it's up to the community to, to thoroughly reject henceforth and forevermore the notion of separate standards within the same police department. There will only be one standard. And within that standard, the community lays out its expectations. Okay. That is the role of the community of which the police, the members of the police department and the members of the police union are a part of that community. So it isn't that they don't have a voice and that they don't have a say. Of course they do. They're a part of the community and they have a, a level of experiential expertise um, do, doing the actual work that as civilians just don't have. So of course it would make sense um, that they would weigh in on the standard. That being said, they don't drive it because it's a public service. Police is a public service, meaning that as a, as now, if it were a private service, so for instance, uh, there are private security firms, right? The standards for that private security firm, I mean, it's set by the, 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 the private entity just so as long as they're in keeping with, with local and state statute, right? But for the most part, um, a private, you know, security team has a different set of rules. In this case, the public decides what the standard is. And, and so once that, once the standard is set, then it is up to the members of that community who are a part of the police department, who are a part of the police union to decide if they are going to be a part of this community, if they're going to remain a part of this community. And basically it's like, if you're going to remain a part of this community in the capacity of law enforcement, this is the standard. And that's, and that's it. Or if you choose not to be a part of the community in that capacity, because you don't want to uphold the standard, then, then you won't, you just won't be a part of the community within that capacity. You need to find something else to do. Um, I think, uh, you know, Chris Rock has the, the thing about, there's always one bad apple talking about law enforcement, but imagine if, you know, Delta, you know, only had a few bad apples that couldn't land planes, like how, how quickly change would come. It's kind of the same thing. So I think how you, how you, how you, how we mend the relationship is, um, we set the standard as a community and we hold, uh, we hold them accountable to meeting the standard. That's how we mend it. We haven't held them accountable. I mean, so this past year, uh, we have seen across the country, people taking to the streets, 
demanding change. And I, I think that work has been invaluable to the conversation around the development of, of that standard. And I think the verdict, the verdict today was in my, in my view, Hennepin County, the city of, of, you know, the region, Minneapolis, St. Paul, um, saying that Derek Chauvin did not exude the standard, did not keep to the standard that we have set, that they, he did not meet the expectations for what policing, that what we expect policing to look like in Minneapolis, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like what he did to George Floyd. Our standard does not include the murdering of our civilians, of our people. That being said, that being said, my hope would be that that is not the bar. That's not that that is not the high bar that we set for how we do law, how we do not just law enforcement. I don't I, how we do public safety in in our in our communities. Uh, we should not have to have cell phone video in order to even have a shot at justice. Um, I, you know, I was in college during, uh, Rodney King. Uh, and I was so naive. I'm like, oh, they've got video. It's on video. Those cops are going to jail. How many videos have we seen? Michael Scott in, uh, was a Columbia, South Carolina. Um, you know, we, we didn't have video, but we had audio. Trayvon Martin. We've got some video. Sandra Bland. Freddie Gray. Video didn't... We had video with Eric Garner. Um, I think video for... Was it Alton Lister? Uh, in... Uh, in, in uh, Bat, I think it was Baton Rouge. A handful of years ago. All sorts of videos. And no justice. And so we shouldn't even, we should, but, but video seems to be the, the, it's like having video, having video, uh, in a crime against, uh, an unarmed person of color is, is akin to a lottery ticket or not. I shouldn't say lottery ticket. It's like a raffle ticket, like that raffle ticket, you know, with a raffle ticket, you, you're entered in and, and you have a shot, you have a shot to win you know, the, the television or the, the car, right? You have a shot, but you know, your chances are not that great. Uh, and video is kind of like a raffle ticket to justice. Like we might get justice. You have a chance, but man, if you don't have that raffle ticket, if you don't have that video, you've got no chance. So the standard can't be, Hey, when there's video, you're going to get a guilty verdict. The standard should be, uh, we don't pull people over because, uh, they had a, uh, they maybe had an expired license plate or they had an air freshener hanging from their window. I think the standard is, you know, pull somebody over when they're actually doing something wrong. Um, 
I don't know if you all have seen Amber Amber Ruffin's um, piece that she did uh, last week. I believe it was last week. On it, basically that the the notion is if you think it's tough being a police officer, try being a black person in America. Um, Google Amber Ruffin, but she really breaks down how in many cities across the country, we have we as a community have set such a low standard for uh, our police department that they're essentially now their job is to um, become bill collectors. So when they see an expired tag, right, um, or if there are unpaid traffic tickets, they basically become the hooligans, the goons in, you know, a stereotypical, you know, mafia movie or like where someone's got outstanding gambling debts and they send a couple of guys with, you know, baseball bats and cut off tees and, 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 and toothpicks hanging out of their mouth to get somebody to pay. That's essentially what, as community, we've set such a low standard for our law enforcement. That's what we've reduced them to. And what I'm suggesting that we, as a community, ought to have exponentially higher expectations for law enforcement. And I should say that once we raise the standards, folks, we got to raise the pay. I think I think we need to pay. I I I I think I think we should have merit pay. Pay first of all, pay pay cops more. And I know that now that's counterintuitive, right? Um, and shout out to teachers, pay teachers more. I'm saying all the things that matter, um, paying law enforcement, paying teachers, paying nurses, um, paying our essential workers, paying people more. Paying them better. I think when you pay people better, you're going to get better talent. So we need to raise the standard for law enforcement and and, and, and making sure that having access to video is not the only thing that, that keeps a person in color, a person of color from being assaulted, um, shot, and possibly killed without any prospects for justice we can do better but it's up to us to determine so that to me is where the conversation needs to go now the conversation needs to go uh to a place uh where we set the standard and we hold the police and the police union accountable to those standards and um i think we can we can do with less cops and pay the, the good cops significantly better uh, I think that's how we do it. And then I think we we use the access that when we have less cops, then we pour the dollars into the resources that our people need. You know, um, I would say that most 911 calls probably do not require someone showing up on the scene with a firearm. I think that we could use some social workers and we could use... Um, mental health professionals and we could use um people who can assist with things like utilities and um housing and um child services all those things um but it's on us so i'm saying all this all this to say we should we absolutely should celebrate um 
because this is the beginning. It could be the beginning of a new era of public safety and at least a new era of in the conversation about how we do public safety. Um, but we also can't be naive to think that this absolves all of the failed verdicts, all of the, the criminal justice system failures of the past, nor does this, nor does this verdict prevent uh, the fail, future failures. Um, was it Brooklyn Heights or the, the cop? She, you know, um, where she, she says she claims she intended to grab her taser and she grabbed her, uh, firearm and, uh, killed a man. Um, and I, yeah. And so there, so there's a whole nother case there that has to be in, and, and, and we can't, we can't. I, and I would also hope that we don't place um, too much on, we can't look at every verdict in every case involving law enforcement and saying the system is working or the system is failing based on the outcomes of those verdicts. I think where we need to be placing our, if we're to do key performance indicators, our key performance indicators need to be a reduction in um, citations, uh, moving violations, uh, specifically uh, in a reduction in citations for expired tags um, or stupid crap like, you know, air fresheners, you know, hanging or uh, busted tail light or whatever it is. So I think that's where we need to go because it's, it's those situations in which people of color find themselves in. And that's where they find themselves on the wrong end of an encounter with the police. So if we can reduce those encounters, we will see a reduction in crimes committed. Um, I shouldn't say crimes. I should say violence committed against people of color and how we get to that point is we also now have to start talking about economics we really do need to get uh we have to have a living wage there needs to be living wage policies in every city in every state across the country um i was telling one of my good friends the other day or today that there's no equity without equity and what I mean by that, what I mean by there's no equity without equity, it means without money, <laughs> without the, the, without economics being applied to any equity initiative, there will be no equity. People aren't driving around with expired tags because they just don't like the DMV, even though none of us like the DMV. We're driving around without uh, with expired tags or without insurance because we can't afford it. And so we've got we've got to deal with the economics. So if a city like Minneapolis or if a city like Kansas City or Chicago or Madison, Wisconsin or um, you know King County, it was just Seattle, 
if we are serious about pursuing equity, then you're going to, there's going to be a supply of, of, of capital, of financial resources in order to get that equity. There won't be equity without equity. And I know that sounds silly, um, but it's the truth. You know, then we're just wishing. We've got to move from equity being this cerebral exercise where we, we think differently or we have an epiphany about what it means for uh, a, a community to be inclusive and, and diverse and equitable. And we're going to have to get to the brass tacks of we reduce poverty. We're going to reduce these things. We're going to reduce um, police crime. Um, we're going to, we're going to, all sorts of things are going to improve when there's more, um, there's more financial resources, but that's a different conversation for a different day. But, um, let's celebrate. This is a win. There's no question about it. Um, but then we've got real work to do real hard work to do, and it can be done. It is time to move to strategy and tactics. I think we all understand. I think if, if this trial, or really this past year, with the murders of Breonna Taylor, whom we still need to get justice for, uh, for Maude Aubrey, who we still need to get justice for, um, and obviously with, with George Floyd, who we did get justice for today, if it taught us anything, we are pretty clear on why we need equity, why we need a more inclusive and diverse community. Now it's time to get to the how, how we do it and what it will look like once we do it. That's the work ahead of us now. That's the conversation I'm looking to have. And so as you've noticed, I haven't been on here in about three weeks and I'm working on some cool stuff. You know, the, the thing with the words is still coming, working on a, a new project that I don't want to, I can't tell you about yet. But it's going to be awesome, super awesome. Um, and then I've been working on some other stuff outside of this, outside of pot, but things I'm going to start talking about. But I'm ready now to move from all the vetching I've been doing for the past, I don't know, 10 months. And it's now time to get to work. So if you're ready to get to work, uninvited is ready to get to work. And uh, let's make it happen. Go celebrate. Be responsible. Keep being good to yourselves, good to each other. And I'm going to catch you sooner rather than later on the flip side of the next episode of The Uninvited. Peace.